My name is John Sylvester. I'm Australia's longest serving crime reporter and write a weekly column for The Age. Many of my colleagues have wondered why I've never bothered to move to other areas of the paper. The reason's pretty simple. I've got the best job in journalism, playing cops and robbers and getting paid for it. Over more than 40 years I've covered some of Australia's biggest crimes and met fascinating characters on both sides of the law. In this series, you'll hear from them, the cops and the crooks, telling their stories. Welcome to my world. Welcome to Naked City. Hugo Rich and a crook known as the Ladder Man are at opposite ends of the criminal food chain. Rich was a violent, calculating arm robber and murderer. The Ladder Man wouldn't hurt a fly. In this episode, you'll hear from both and see how, in the world of policing, you get to meet all kinds, from the homicidal to the hilarious. For a psychopath, Hugo Rich could be a really funny guy, but when he didn't get his way... He was a dangerous, violent thug. A total bully. I'm telling you now, I want to leave now. You're not going to fucking do this, rat. I'm telling you. All right? And I'll fucking treat every company in here. You ain't going to fucking do it. All right? What you just heard was Hugo Rich pulling a calculated tantrum in the county court to stop a jury being arraigned. It was an outburst that earned him a reputation in the justice system as a raging, vindictive bastard. He was notorious for dragging court cases out for years. Why would he care? He was going to spend most of his life in jail, so court was just a distraction for the institutionalised prisoner. He was one of Australia's most prolific armed robbers. He was responsible for eight armed robberies from April until December in 1999 that totaled over $500,000. He could have been a successful businessman, but he became hopelessly addicted to violence. In a five-page letter of complaint to The Age, Rich made it clear he was no fan of mine. Quote, John Sylvester's defamatory claptrap is puerile and overblown fiction, he suggested in his, well argued, and at times quite amusing critique. He accused me of being a racist, a fantasist, jealous of his dress sense, and proceeded to deconstruct the stories I'd written about him. Luckily for me, he was never a Walkley judge. Luckily for him... I wasn't a county court judge. In October 1995, Rich, then 43, was finally convicted in the county court of three armed robberies, including a raid on two armor guard employees that netted $118,000 and three counts of stealing cars. The conviction followed a protracted legal battle that lasted nearly four years. The judge overseeing the proceedings was Jeff Byrne, a respected judge near retirement, a man with a gentle demeanour that you hear in these tapes. The proceedings are being videotaped in this court and should Mr Rich persist with his preference not to be present, I think he should have access to a transcript and to the videotape. Yes, sure. The Crown Prosecutor was Caroline Douglas, who later became a county court judge herself. Perhaps with a view to 
impanelling the jury, it may well be necessary to inquire from the accused whether he intends to take part in the trial and cross-examine witnesses, because clearly that will add considerably to the proposed length of the trial. I don't think any inquiry of that kind is calculated to be necessarily fruitful, Mr. Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't propose to do that. Yes, sir. If you listen carefully in the tape, you can hear Douglas whispering that she's found some photos that she was planning to use because jurors love to see the photos. I found the Washington Street photos under the table in the chambers. But I'm just going through logically because I think with jurors, if you have the photographs, it's easy to understand, isn't it? And this is... You've got to have this on After all, a surveillance picture can be worth a thousand words. On one of the days, while waiting for Judge Byrne to enter the court, Rich turned to Caroline Douglas and said, One chance. One fucking chance. Watch your back. Every time you turn the car on, I'm telling you, okay, I don't care how long it takes. 25 years, bitch. I'll have a go at you. One go. That's all I want. That's the man Rich was, like a crocodile in a swamp. He was prepared to wait until the time was right to strike. The court proceedings weren't off to a good start when Rich sacked his legal counsel. I've conferred with uh, uh, our client and um, uh, he has uh, withdrawn his instructions from my instructing solicitor and uh, he, he will uh, no doubt uh, appear for himself. You know. Nice. Yes, well, that's his privilege. Thank you for your assistance to the court. Thank you, Downstairs in the cell, he refused to come up to court. He didn't seem to accept that as an accused armed robber, this wasn't an RSVP event. This will be necessary uh, for the accused man to be present for the arraignment and place the accused. Judge Byrne and Caroline Douglas patiently waited for Rich. But after some time, Byrne started the proceedings of selecting a jury. First, he needs to find a pool of people prepared to sit on the case. Yes, well, what I propose to do at the moment is to take jury excuses. Members of the jury panel, the trial that is due to take place in this court is of an unusual character. The odd circumstance about it for present purposes is that it's quite indefinite as to how long it might take. It may uh, occupy as a relatively brief a time as four weeks or it may go as long as six months. Now <coughs> jury service is of course uh, an important public duty and uh, people are not likely excused from it. However, because of uh, the possible length of time of this particular trial, I'm prepared to entertain applications for an excuse. Anybody who wishes to be excused and has a strong and compelling reason to be excused because of the time the trial might well occupy, uh, may, if they wish, I would be prepared to excuse. The procedure that I propose to follow is this. 
I'll ask those jurors who do not, I repeat not, wish to be excused to leave the court and those who do wish to apply for an excuse to remain. Ladies and gentlemen, not wishing to be excused, please follow me. Not surprisingly, many of the jurors didn't want to spend six months in court, so they were excused from the rich trial. By remaining here as you have, you, uh, by, by that behaviour, have indicated to me a, a, a strong interest in being excused. I have a general discretion to excuse jurors for any on any ground that uh, seems to me to be just and reasonable and I think in the circumstances I may make a blanket order excusing you all I think it's just and reasonable in the circumstances to do so you're all excused from these proceedings The judge was clearly sympathetic to them he already knew that Rich would do everything in his power to hijack the process Rich's hastily appointed new lawyer gives Judge Burns a heads up that his client plans to sabotage the proceedings. It may be uh, that uh, if Mr Rich is arraigned in front of this panel, that um, uh, I don't say this with uh, any, any, uh, anything other than uh, reservation, it may be that if Mr Rich is arraigned in front of this panel that uh, it will be um, uh, something that may well provoke a, an outburst. Um, I don't know if that's so or not. I, I, I wouldn't like to speculate as to what might occur, mm. but uh, it would be most unfortunate if that happened. Well, if there, there is an outburst, uh, uh, that would not, generally speaking, uh, serve to postpone the trial. Perhaps, a, Your Honour, I'm not sure what the facilities are, are like. Is it, is it possible to arraign uh, Mr Rich on, on video so that he's not in the room? No, I don't think so. I think he must be arraigned in the presence of the jury panel. If events uh, demand it, of course, the jury may be discharged. But uh, uh, as things are now, I don't see any reason to... Uh, cause any further delay of the trial. The outburst was recorded as police had been tipped off about his plans. He was later convicted of contempt of court. You understand I don't want to be here, sir? I don't want to be rude to you? I'd like to leave, please. Uh, Mr Rich, uh, you must be present for... No, I, the, must, I must not be You must be sir. present for the arraignment I and must, the I must of the jury. I must no part in this proceeding, sir. And, I don't want to be rude to you. I don't want to be You may be present or absent after that, as no, you wish. No, well, I'm not taking part of the process, sir. I'm All right, then, please. All right. Leave after I'll the jury. I'm not fight with anybody. I don't want to do anything. I'm not taking part in any of okay? Yes, all right. It's a, it's a sham. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, sir. I'm not taking any part of these processes. Because what you're trying to do, sir, you're either trying to send me over the cliff and I'm about two seconds away from it, or explode. And I won't do either. Do you understand me? Yes, I'm right. not in the state of mind. I want to see a doctor and I want to get some treatment. I cannot take process, part of this process. All right. Okay? Yeah. Not just nod to me because you just sharpened me from day one. Do you understand I'm sick? It took all my resolve last Friday. This cunning wench here would be happy with bloody GP. Here he refers to GP as Governor's Pleasure. 
an indefinite sentence if he was found mentally unfit to plead. Do you understand that? I'm sick. I don't want to be rude to you. That's but I don't want to take part and in this, this whole crap. All you're saying is being videotaped, so there'll be a record of it. Well, that's it. Just fog you off again. That's what you're really saying. Whether it's videotaped, I don't give a rat's ass either, sir. I don't want to take part in these illegal proceedings. That's what you're doing. All right, you've made that clear. Well, can I go? No. I must stay for the impanelment. Bring in the jury. At the point when the jury pool is supposed to be brought in, Rich absolutely loses it. Or was it all part of his act to get his own way? Keep your fingers near the volume switches. Rich can be a little loud and just a little crass. What are you doing? You'll be arraigned before the jury. No, I won't. I'm sorry, I won't be arraigned before the jury. Okay? I'm telling you I won't be arraigned before the jury. I'm telling you now, I want to leave now. Well, you, you, you're not permitted to leave now. I am permitted to leave. I'm telling you now, I want to leave now. You're not going to fucking do this, rat. I'm telling you. All right? And I'll fucking treat every cunt in here. You ain't going to fucking do it. All right? You're driving me out of the fucking hill, you idiot. Do you understand that? And you want to make me to, to try like this? Wake up to yourself, you silly old dog. There'll be no fucking jury on the leave. I don't want to fight nobody, but if you force me, that won't happen. Now get me out of here! Before I lose it completely, get me out of here! I can't handle the pressure. Do you understand that? Can't you see that? Are you blind as well as death? Mr. Please let me go, sir. I beg with you, let me go. I'm not in a fit state of mind today. Yes, very well then. You you recognise that you, you can't by any means at all postpone these proceedings. I want a fair go, sir. I want a fair go. Three months out of here in a decent hospital might fix it. And you didn't want to put me through the appeal process so your crony mates across the road can just shut me again. It won't happen. You've done it the last time. You won't do it again. Eight years in custody without a conviction. How much more credit do I need? Now let me go, please. There'll be no jury here today. Well, you won't be the first one or the last, I should Don't threaten me, I'm telling you, rat. I'm telling you, rat, don't fucking threaten me, dog. I'm telling you, you'll lose. Well, if you if you do 12 months for contempt of court... That's well, I've done four years already. You've got eight more. How many more do you want? Who gives a shit about contempt? How many more do you want? That's your answer, isn't it? Don't give the accused any fairness. Just give him contempt. I'll tell you now, you won't get it today, cunt, I'm telling you. You can play your intellectual games here, it won't work. I want a break. I want a break from incarceration, from being sharpened, from being dragged across from pillar to post. I want to go to a normal hospital. Now, I'm not in a fit state of mind. If you can't see that, you better fucking retire. Did he kiss his mother with that mouth? Now listen to how he calms down when he finally gets his own way. Now, mate, I'll go. I'm only going to ask it once more. Please. Yes, we can go on this occasion. Thank you very much, sir. It makes you wonder whether Rich was on the edge or just playing the bellowing bully. He talks at one point of not being able to take the pressure. I wonder if he ever thinks of the pressure he put on others when he was waving guns in their faces during arm robberies. Have some consideration as to whether I think you used your words on a previous occasion, Your Honour, the... the uh, uh, the behaviour is uh, tactical or it's uh, genuine, Your Honour. Mm. Well, I think it's tactical myself. 
Hugo Alistair Rich was a brilliant businessman, known in the stock market circles as a man on the move. He had all the trappings of wealth. The South Yarra luxury apartment, a gold BMW, and an insatiable thirst for success. Like many ambitious entrepreneurs, he had diverse professional interests. He was a client advisor on share purchases, a computer expert developing a lucrative software package for the stock market, and an importer of expensive amino acids for the fitness industry. He was born in a refugee camp in Germany in 1952 and came to Australia with his parents when he was nine years old. After leaving school at the age of 14, he worked in a grocery store, then a clothing shop, where he became a talented window dresser. He married at the age of 18 and fathered a baby daughter. He then became an insurance salesman with some initial success, but after business turned bad, he had debts of $1.4 million and was later declared bankrupt, owing $360,000. A self-taught expert in the share market, he managed to talk his way into a job with one of Victoria's most prestigious stock market firms. A former colleague said he had no idea Rich was leading a double life. He was quite a good broker, actually, the colleague said. The charismatic and confident Rich would have impressed colleagues and clients alike. None would have known that his formal education finished in Year 7. What he lacked in qualifications he made up with a retentive memory and natural intelligence. Rich set up a new company, 3B Corporation, to establish a software program for the stock market. It stood for Bullshit Baffles Brains. In 1990, Rich reinvented himself and changed his name. Before he was Hugo Rich, he was Olaf Dietrich, a former associate of neo-Nazis and a jailbird who'd served five years for importing heroin after swallowing condoms filled with a drug. He was arrested after he was betrayed by a former friend who turned police informer. Hugo made legal history when he fought his drug conviction all the way to the High Court. He argued that he was denied natural justice because his case was allowed to continue when he was not legally represented. Ultimately, his conviction was overturned and a nationwide precedent was established that an accused person must have a lawyer in major trials. It resulted in legislative change in Victoria and all legal students had taught the consequences of the Dietrich case. Not that it did Hugo much good because he'd already served his time. It was a hollow victory, but a victory nonetheless. But by early 1991, the walls were starting to close in on Rich and he reverted to what he knew best, crime. Around the same time that Rich began to suffer severe liquidity problems, police noticed a pattern in a series of armed robberies around Melbourne. In each of the jobs, the getaway car was a stolen 1988 or 1989 Ford Fairmont sedan. Each car was stolen from the long-term car park at the Melbourne airport. Eventually, 18 cars were stolen. Each theft involved the removal of the rear passenger's side door lock, a method of car theft unique in Australia. The gang responsible for the car thefts were found to have conducted eight armed robberies from April until December with takings of over 500,000. Each time Rich's debts became dangerously high, he would put away his suit, grab his armed robbery kit, which contained guns, masks, radio scanners and earpieces, and pull a big armed robbery. Always fashion conscious, Rich insisted on wearing a fully imported Italian Trasati jacket and a German silk ski mask, similar to those worn by Formula One drivers during the stick-ups. To Rich, 
Pulling armed robberies was okay, but poor dress sense, well, that was a crime. When he was arrested, Rich vowed to fight a legal battle which would drag on for years. He was as good as his word. As evidenced by the court tapes you've just heard, he dragged that case for an extraordinary four-year battle. Eventually he was convicted and jailed, but on release in 2005, he went back to the armed robbery business. Convicted killer Hugo Rich has lost another chance to appeal his conviction for the murder of security guard Erwin Katzenberger at a Blackburn North shopping centre in 2005. Erwin Katzenberger handed over the cash, the way security guards are supposed to, but the tall robber and the orange fluorescent top shot him anyway. The pistol bullet cut through his heart, lungs and liver. He was dead before his killer reached the getaway car. Kastenberger was 58, a loving father and a husband, looking forward to being a grandfather. The killer, Hugo Rich, had the 162000 in cash, yet he shot and killed Kastenberger for no apparent reason. It's the latest in a string of legal challenges Rich has tried to make, 10 against the conviction and 3 against his sentence. It took just 30 seconds for the Court of Appeal to dismiss this application. Rich, 76, will have to make it to 91 to be eligible for parole. Don't hold your breath. If you like this podcast, please leave a review. We've had 1,400 so far and we'd like to read all of them. Oh, actually, only the good ones. Such as from AKRLY123, who wrote, I'm a big true crime fan and listen to many podcasts. This is my favourite. Excellently produced, brilliantly narrated. Or this one, John Sylvester radiates dark menace and brooding sensuality. Actually, I just made that one up. We also like some of the suggestions for future episodes and take them on board. So tell your friends and family. They'll love you for it. And if you don't like it, Lie. Tell your enemies. They'll hate you for it. Not all police interviews are grim. Take a mature fellow out Northcote Way who was interviewed at least three times over relatively minor offences. There's a tape recording interview between Senior Constable Japan, John. Okay, uh, John, do you agree the time now is 1.55pm? I agree with nothing. I accept... I need my glasses. I don't have them. You took them off me. Do we? I accept what time you say it is. I can't see the face. You took my glasses. No, where, where, who took your glasses from you? Because I other evil droog. Are they out in your property? Yes. Can you go and grab them? No, don't bother. I agree with you. Yes, the time is what you say it is. I'm pulling your chain. Don't waste your time. I intend to interview you in relation to a set. Before continuing, I must inform you that you are not obliged to say or do anything. But anything you say, I'm going to give you a say a lot. Yes, I understand. Yes. I'm intelligent, highly educated, world troubled, and when my mother dies like 90, I get two and a half million dollars and I can't wait to get it. The reason we're here, John, is about a uh, ladder that was stolen. Yes. 75. Yes. One thirty this morning. What can you tell me about that? I have three ladders. I don't need any more. All right. I'll just put the allegations to you. It's alleged that you took that ladder at approximately one thirty this morning no. from no. 75 no. Road. What do you I say? I had uh, no way. All right. I was in my house watching television, found asleep. Uh, when we were down at uh, the road, the, the actual owner of that ladder has actually uh, identified you as the person she saw take it from the uh, from the front of the house. What do you say to that? The woman's lying. Where did you find the ladder then? To In the carport of the rear lady. Okay. I was told to take away the rubbish and I could have anything in the backyard that I fancy. I don't want the f***ing ladder. I've got three. All right. I was going to give it away. You know.
He became known as Ladderman for obvious reasons. Even the police who interviewed him had to suppress their laughter as the Ladderman went on one of his legendary rants. Get it. What is your age and date of birth? 62, 14, 7, 19, 39. The day the French Revolution started called Bastille Day. Interesting, isn't it? That's when the French imbeciles and peasants rose up and killed everybody. They killed the government, the police, the army, and the rich. They murdered them, butchered them, guillotined them, gutted them, raped them, burned them. John. Yes. Can we get back to the interview? Yes, please. Are you an Australian citizen? Yes. Are you a permanent resident? Yes. In Australia? Yes. You're not obliged to say I'll do anything unless you wish to do so, but whatever you say, I'll do my recording and give you the evidence. Yes, yes, wonderful. Do you understand that? I've got a lot to say. Do you wish to say anything? Yes, a bit more tape. That's not funny. <laughs> Do you wish to make a further statement in relation to no, this matter? No, I'm not a thief. I'm a murderer. Okay. Would you go to the time now? Is yes. Two o yes. Two yes. PM. I'll give you twenty bucks for the watch. The latter man was always interviewed over petty crimes, and he rarely gave a straight answer. You get the feeling that despite all the bellowing, he loved the game, and so did the cops. Tape recorded interview between Senior Constable Anthony okay. and John, conducted at the Northcote CIU offices on. Wednesday the 6th of March, year 2002. John, do you agree that the time by my watch is now 1.59? John, do you agree that the time is now 6.19am by my watch? John, do you agree the time is now 6.57pm on my watch? My watch says 7 o'clock, exactly. Are you an Australian citizen? Yes. Are you a permanent resident in Australia? Yes. Are you of Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander no. descent? No worries. Can I put a footnote in there? I actually think I'm an extraterrestrial and I really belong in a starship and I really would like to get off this planet and go back to the starship. Now, that's all I want to say, okay? I just have to put that in for my listeners out there. No worries. Okay, John, I intend to interview you in relation to the offence of gain financial advantage. John, today I'm going to interview you in relation to the offences of cultivate and possess a drug of dependence. You're going to be charged with uh, theft? Yes. Not obliged to say or do no, anything thank you. unless you wish to do yeah. so. Before continuing, I must inform you that you're not obliged to say or do anything. But whatever you say or do may be recorded and given in evidence. Do you understand this? You understand that? No, but ask me the questions anyway. I've got to uh, tell you about your rights. The as drug well. of dependence is not in mine. I'm a fucking drunk. Okay. I don't smoke tobacco. I don't smoke marijuana. All right, John. I didn't plant it. I didn't correlate it. John, do you actually need to uh, yell? I'm regarding you as a person of low intellect and poor hearing. You're asking me the same questions over and over again. That's why I'm yelling. So you'll hear, you'll get it in your thick skull. How yeah, much would you expect to pay from Fitzroy to... Um, I don't catch taxis. Stupid question by stupid cop. Would you expect to pay more than $10, John? Excuse me. Stupid question from stupid cop. Would you expect to travel for it to cost more than $10? I've no idea, stupid copper. Next question, imbecile. Do you mean your calls at um, yes. Barclay Square today? Yes, 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 yes. What time was that, roughly? No idea. Can you tell me what happened there? Uh, I was hungry. I yeah. was eating cashew nuts. They were delicious, fresh. I yeah. should have eaten some more. I hungry again. Where did you get those cashew nuts from? I uh, got them out of the uh, cashew nut uh, container. Would you believe that? Did you have any magazines? I had a look at some magazines, yeah. yeah. I couldn't find any of any girls without their clothes on, so I settled for a camel magazine and an article slagging... McDonald's, saying it causes mental illness. You've already got two magazines? Yes, yes. And some nuts? Yes. And some garlic? One clove of garlic, yes, fantastic. Where'd you get that from? 
I got that from the garlic container, would you believe? Okay. And paper clips? Yeah, from the paper clip uh, container. Amazing. What are the magazines? Were they at the front or were they in the the magazine rack. Would you believe that? Imagine putting them there. When you got these islands, where'd you put them? Well, uh, well, I put some in my mouth. Would you believe that? Yeah. That was the nuts, obviously. Yes, yes. I was going to put the magazines up, but they wouldn't fit. So where'd you put them? So I didn't. I put them down my pants close to my Okay. And what are the other other stuff? The garlic. I put that close to my heart. What's your reason for theft, John? Oh, well, it just turns me on. Excites me. Is this tape? Yeah, it's all on tape. We're going to play it to the magistrate. I will. He's going to laugh at you and chuck it out. Right, John, what we're going to do is uh, suspend the tape here. Interview concluded. Would you agree, John, the time is now 6.36. I have no I am right with my, on my watch. Why should I trust your watch? Just to make a further statement in relation to the matter. No, I'd just like to send the cheerio that's all, okay. to my friends and family. Then. And uh, to all my listeners out there at 3AW, you've got another one to listen to, you f***ing retards. Thank you. Naked City is brought to you by The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. Subscriptions power our newsroom. So to support independent journalism, consider subscribing to the Sydney Morning Herald or The Age. This episode was produced and edited by Anu the Axe Hasbolt. It was mixed by Cool Hand Cormac Lally. Archives by Nine and 3AW. Tom McKendrick is Head of Audio. I'm John Sylvester. Thanks for listening.